is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast. Learn everything you need to know to make a living outside the 9 to 5 grind and crush it at life. You'll learn from inspirational guests and in-depth discussions. Go from employee to entrepreneur and start creating a life you love and still pay the bills. So here are your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Let's get on with the show! This podcast is sponsored by the University of Northampton, the first UK university to be awarded the Ashoka U Changemaker Campus status in recognition for their commitment to social entrepreneurship. Hello, powerful nonsensers. Howdy. Welcome to another episode, 140. There we go. 140. 150 is creeping up. Yep. Every time, I know I say it every week, but every you time do. people it like Wayne get over me. it. Like that's what happens when the numbers go up. I know, but I, but honestly, this year's gone so fast. Rapid. This is why this is the thing. This year has gone so fast, and I'm like, I swear we only did episode 100 like a month ago. I remember the Christmas episode. Yeah, which was almost a year ago, and yet it feels like. What are they saying about Christmas? How many weeks? Don't six. Do Seven. Please don't. <laughs> Something like that. It's going to the hell out of me. Uh, oh, the Christmas stuff's on the shelves. I know. I don't even feel slightly Christmassy, though. Yeah. I saw somebody wearing a Christmas jumper. I saw I saw a Stranger Things Christmas jumper that I really want to get. <laughs> Just saying. So who knows? Wayne might be rocking out a Christmas jumper. Yeah, do you know what? I've never actually worn a Christmas jumper. Ever. It's not happened. I thought you would like that kind of thing. I, I, for some reason, it's never really appealed to me. But Look. maybe this year. This year might be the year. Get your jingles on, little bells. <laughs> <laughs> Dress up as an elf. Anyway, um, so if you join us on that. Facebook Live, hello. Hello. Um, and if you're not, then hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if you join us for the first time, I am Wayne Ingram. I'm Jem Yordis. And uh, we're going to talk today about, um, it's based off a TED Talk, yes. which you saw, uh, which is uh, why your true calling may not exist. Mm-hmm. Now, this is going to be an interesting one because... I feel like, and we said this just before we hit record, we're two sides of the same coin here. Yeah. I feel like, well, I have always struggled to relate to the person that says, I don't know what to do with my life. Because I have known since I was like 10 years old. And on a subconscious level, I think I knew before then. When he was a little sperm, he what knew that he wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> I, was so doing, was, I was doing jazz hands. To going there. Like, I'm, I'm surprised you were. Going towards the ovaries. I'm surprised, jazz hands. I'm surprised you were the fastest flamboyant little sperm <laughs> just spinning about. <laughs> Here they come. Come on, darlings. <laughs> Let's fertilize this egg. Oh, God. Someone's got to animate that. <laughs> um, and I've been like the opposite where I'm always like, I don't know what I want to do, but I just like trying new things mm-hmm. consistently. And so mm-hmm. it was actually quite a relief to actually watch this TED Talk. Yeah. Well, I actually sent it to a good friend of mine who is always like, I feel so pressured and I don't know what I'm doing. And has kind of had a couple of... I don't want to say breakdowns, that may kind of makes it sound a little bit extreme, but a few uh, challenges. Yeah, and I think it's really important as well nowadays because I think like we've got into this whole um, sort of culture, self-help culture or business culture, entrepreneurship culture of that, oh, if, you, if you've got your shit together, then you know what you're doing and you know what you're heading for. Mm-hmm. And actually, like, it's like a, I think a lot of people use it as like a market, like find your passion and then do that. Yeah. And it's kind of like, if you don't have your passion and you don't know what you want to do, then you even need to sort yourself out. Right. <laughs> and and, and this, from my perspective, it's the only advice I can give because it's the only thing I know. Like, I found what got me really excited to go to school. I remember there was one day I was really ill, but it was drama. 
the drama was first thing that day, and I was like, look, I'm going to go to school because I want to do this drama lesson, and then if I still feel shit after this drama lesson, I might go, take myself to the school nurse and go home. But I was, like, so adamant that I wanted to go to drama class. I remember during Freshers Week, not Freshers Week, but uh, first term, mm-hmm. when I was pretty much bedridden, I got myself out of bed. I was sent home. They were like, <laughs> go home. I was like... No, spreading your disease all over campus. Go home. I'm like, <laughs> it hurts to walk, and they're like, go home. I'm like, no, but I still want to be here. Yeah. And so I've only ever known the whole find what it is that gets you excited, find that passion, and go for it. Yeah, and I think a lot of people kind of want that because it does give you some direction. But I think like, like she said in that TED talk as well, like it's great, and that means you're specialising, you're constantly have that focus on one thing. But the thing that I like is that for me, I kind of like stumble on so many different things. And it means that I get to kind of like go hardcore into loads of different areas of like mm-hmm. interest of mine. It's like what she said in there as well was the idea that actually people who don't know their calling usually are the best learners because we literally, once we want, once we are interested in something mm-hmm. for a little while, we see the little shiny object, we go all in, learn everything about it. And then we're like, nah, not that. <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay, I've learned everything that I can learn now. So what's next? Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, and I, and I struggle. I mean, I do have an element of that and I think that's developed over time. But I think that's developed over necessity for me more than it has because that's what I want to do. I kind of feel like I have this thing that I'm targeted towards and then I'm like, ah, oh, but there's there's this other element to it that I need to have that ability to be able to fulfil that main thing. And I was saying to you earlier when we went for coffee, like I'm kind of in this place where I'm kind of pursuing various things for that ultimate main goal, whereas actually really I should probably just focus on that main goal and would, may serve me better because I'm specialist, like say specialist, that's the term they use, specialist focused, as opposed to, what's what's the term she uses? Poly, oh. no, uh, multi-potentialism? Yeah. Multi-potentialist? Multi-potentialite. Multi-potentialite, that's it. Yeah. Whereas you're a multi-potentialite. Yeah. Um, where, and, and for you, it is constantly an experiment with new things. Like when you, when you went to uni, yeah. University of Northampton sponsored the show. Right. Um, did a little deep dive on script writing, did uh-huh. a little deep dive on filmmaking. And even deep... even at the end, you're like, oh, I don't really know what I want to do yet. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but... And there's me going, Jem, I think you should do this. And you're like, eh, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, but Jem, you really should do that. I think it would be perfect for you. And you're like, eh, yeah, but I kind of want to dabble. I guess it's hard. Because I, I guess there's that other element of like, you know what, if you do just focus on one thing you are going to get good at it. It's kind of like that book, Deep Work. It's like, I'm sure that if I decided to stick with script writing and carry on, and mm-hmm. you'd get some success in it. I think it's kind of a hard one because I can imagine that, I'm sure if I did script writing at uni and mm-hmm. suddenly someone picked up my script and suddenly it got made into a feature, I'm sure I'd suddenly then go more deeper into script writing. Mm-hmm. But then you come out, and I think because... I don't know whether it's just a part of that personality or maybe you just like to mix things up or maybe you just don't taste enough success in one thing that you feel is worth pursuing, mm-hmm. which is why in some ways, like with acting or whatever you do, the thing that you start getting a positive reward from, you tend to do more often. Whereas I think mm. sometimes it may take one or two years before you start even feeling that reward. And so those yeah. people, then you say to other people, well, actually, that's because you never let yourself get to the point where you've got talented or good enough at it to want to do it forever, Yeah, it's which is part of the debate. Do you know what? Do you know what? Actually, it's funny you say that because I think for me, the reason that I was drawn to acting was... Uh, I mean, there were several elements to it, but one of the main reasons, I think certainly the conscious reason that I made was that it was my best subject at school. Mm. Hands down. Like, all the others were, like, mediocre to good, whereas, like, 
my like ratings or whatever in in drama were always excellent. It was always top 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 level, and so it was like I'm good at this and I enjoy it. So screw it, I'm going to do more of it. And then I just took a deep dive because I was like, this is this is the thing. This is the only thing I can say I'm really good at. Yeah, and people have told me I'm good at yeah, it too. Yeah, exactly. So. People have told me I'm good. I keep being told I'm good. I enjoy yeah. it. I turn up every day. Top marks. Like, I'm going for it. Yeah, and people, I was reading a book the other day. I Actually, it's Darren Brown's book, a um, really good book called uh, Happy, which I'd say check out. And he says in there, he goes, oh, if you want to know what the secret to success is, is talent plus energy. Mm-hmm. And I think he's, and he even says in that book, he's like, talent is something that takes time to like get and work on. Yeah. And then energy is because you've probably got positive reinforcement. And mm-hmm. so you want to put more effort into it, which means you get more talented at it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, in some ways, like I question like what this Ted, the talker said, I've got a name now, but in the talk is that this idea that you can mix things up and constantly change. And I sometimes think that it does hold you back from ever mm. getting really good at something, I'm which is my... I'm so glad that you brought that up because that was the main bugbear throughout the entire yeah. talk that I was kind of like, there's a serious element to this argument yeah. that's been completely missed, yeah. which is, yes, it's great to be Renaissance. I have a huge amount of respect for people that are like that. I don't understand that that way of thinking, um, I mean, I do to a degree, but I don't understand why you would go, I'm happy to live my life not having any clear direction yeah. and just going with the flow. I can't quite comprehend that logic, but um, I do respect it and I, and I have an appreciation for it because I think we need both types of people. Yeah. But the main point that was missed is this idea that you, if you are Renaissance... You are always... It's this idea of what we say, like, if you say... Whatever you're saying yes to... Whenever you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And I think the more things you say yes to, the less time and energy you're putting into... It's a bit diluted, doesn't it? Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Diluted, I think, is exactly the right the right term to use because you're never going to be putting all of that energy into truly becoming a master at something. But I just wonder as well, like, in the idea that... Um, it's like when people say like relationships, some people are lucky to find the love of their life early on. Uh-huh. And I think in the same way that I think some people are lucky enough to find the thing that really lights them up. I think maybe the debate is like whether these Renaissance people are actually testing loads of things out and those tests right. are bringing them to the point where they know what they're doing right. and only because they had such a varied experience in all those other fields do they find it later on. So it's kind of a like... It's a bit of an interesting debate because is it is it that they just don't they haven't found where all these different elements of what they're talented in have uh-huh. come together to create a laser on the thing that they're really bloody good yeah. at, or is it just that some people just know and maybe you just always flounder around and actually you just get a lot of excitement to try loads of different things and you're a bit ADD and get a bit bored. Right. Well, I think it kind of goes back to something that I said a few weeks ago on our expectations episode, which is that it really. If you're not religious, if you look at everything <laughs> yeah. that we've that, that's happened in the world, it's all kind of happened by accident. It's all uh, beautiful chaos. It's all this idea that th- certain elements have been thrown together, and some of them fit, some of them don't, and the things that fit have lasted. Mm-hmm. And could the argument be then that um, it's not necessarily a case of being renaissance or specialist it's just that the renaissance or the multi-potentialites uh, <laughs> haven't found that thing yet yeah and so they're happy to experiment because they're like well i'm not tied to anything so i'm just going to keep experiencing many different things and i'm sure that i probably if i hadn't 
stumbled upon drama, I'd probably be doing the same thing. I'd probably be trying different things out and, and kind of seeing what happens. But it just so happens that early on, I found that thing that went, oh, this feels right. Mm-hmm. But if, that hadn't, if I'd never studied drama, I wonder what I'd be doing now with my life. Yeah, and I think maybe probably a lot of her point is this idea that just because you don't know it today, don't like... I think it's the kind of guilt that people have on themselves when they don't know exactly what they're focused on. I think that's what she's trying to say. Mm-hmm. It's ultimately like, don't put too much pressure. Society puts pressure on to say what you are and it always yeah. is asking, like, what's your LinkedIn title? What are you saying that you do? Mm-hmm. Okay, now we know what you do. And I think a lot of people really don't know. And I do think that, especially your early 20s and mm-hmm. that sort of early part of your career, you don't really know what yeah. you do and what you're good at unless maybe, like you say, you've been doing acting for so many years or you get a sports star that's been playing tennis since they were bloody eight years old Mm -hmm. fair enough that's what you're good at and that's what you do but I think what she's trying to say is that too many people feel too quickly that they have to put themselves in a box and I think nowadays because that box is so wide open we can see a hundred million different options of what you can and can't do so you shouldn't feel like threatened to just say okay I'm only going to do this and then feel pressured to do that one thing because Mm -hmm. that's what you've got into in the first place so it's Mm -hmm. a it's an interesting debate and it is kind of like I'm sure all the specialists out there, the writers, yeah. the actors, the engineers, the artists, whoever you look at, probably the ones who are the best at their game is because they've done that thing probably the most. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure agree. they're pulling from other experiences, I'm sure. Look oh, at some absolutely. of the greatest actors. They've gone through was, some crazy... I was going to say, as an actor, I actually, it's within my interest to experience as many different things as I possibly yeah. can. Yeah. Because, like, if I'm playing a plumber, for example, I, in fact, that... <laughs> Actually, being an actor is one is a joyous thing because you do get a little bit of both. Because let's say I'm playing a plumber. If I wanted to go full in on a plumber, I could go and learn plumbing, basic plumbing. Yeah. And then, then you kind of become a little bit more renaissance because you're having to have all these elements. But, I mean, that's a fairly unique thing to being an actor, <laughs> I must admit. When, when's your plumbing role coming on? Uh, the, uh, I'm playing Super Mario next year. That's not one of those, oh, the... I'm coming to fix your pipes. Yeah. Guns, uh... <laughs> 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 and on that note, I think we should take a break. I think we should. <laughs> so we'll be back in a moment. So we thought we'd just take a few seconds just to say thank you to our sponsor, yep. the University of Northampton. Huge thank you to them for supporting the show. Um, so why should you check them out? Well, first of all, we're we alumni. Went we yes. went there. So everything that we kind of deliver to you kind of comes from them in a way. Um, but also, they're not just about getting a degree. The thing we love about Northampton Uni from experience is the fact that you come out of your course with your degree but also there's so many options on the table they understand that it's not just about going out and getting a job anymore it's also about the possibility of setting up your own business and becoming an entrepreneur and to top that off (laughs) it's not just about setting up a business it's about setting up a social enterprise that's their specialist area so if you're thinking of setting up a business it can also be one that's doing good to the world and delivering social impact so Check them out, northampton.ac.uk. And a huge thank you to them for supporting the show. Welcome back. Wayne's finished his uh, plumbing scene. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was gonna I was gonna make some some joke like that, but I thought no, I probably shouldn't, and then you went and did it anyway. So. Sorry about that. Cheers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're talking about um, true callings. If and, they exist. And why yours may not exist. Um, so, I think I, I think the point that, 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 that she was making in the TED Talk, which I think is a very valid one, is actually this idea that actually there are so many more 
multi-potentialites, uh, Renaissance people, than we would like to admit. Mm-hmm. And I kind of actually see this in, like, like my brother had this issue. He didn't go to uni at first because he was like, I'm not sure what I want to do yet. I want to wait till I know what I want to do yet. And because he had openly said to his school, I don't think I'm going to go to university, they were like, nothing we can do for you then. <laughs> You're he, done. he was kind of like, okay, bye. <laughs> You're baked. Finished. Yeah, exactly. It's like, off you go then. See, see what... See how that works out for you. See you down a job set. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, he ended up going to uni because he, he settled mm-hmm. on what he wanted to do, which, funnily enough, was what he originally was planning to do. Mm-hmm. And he's really enjoying it. And I think, he's, I think he has now found his, his specialist area. Um, but I think the point remains that there are a lot more of these non-specialists um, than we would care to admit and that we don't really cater for them. A lot. No, and I just think it's not really societally expected. It's not. It's not like approved of. Like your family don't get happy mm-hmm. when you say, "Yeah, I just did the masters in this, but now I want to go do that." And actually, as you get older as well, like the opportunity to switch things up is so difficult. But then you look at the workplaces now, and everybody seems about leaving one job and then trying something else out. So mm-hmm. it seems to be coming more common. I don't know whether that's because people are just seeing. I don't know whether that's. Well, maybe like, it could just be what you're exposed to. Yeah. Because you're you're around a lot of entrepreneurial people and and things like that, and so maybe you're just exposed to a little bit more. Just play devil's advocate, just saying. Probably, I'm sure if I was in an office, I'd be like, oh, I've been doing this job for 15 years solid, and <laughs> yeah. it's just yeah, yeah. I, no, yeah, that's a good point for sure. But I do think as well, like although I would agree with you, I was playing devil's advocate. Yeah, I would no, definitely no, agree but with I think you. as well, like online, when you see people. I don't know, we kind of like, you have to, like, even LinkedIn says, give this person a thumbs up. They've been in this job for 10 years. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. is that a good thing or a bad yeah. thing now? <laughs> yeah, it's true, though. Yeah, I yeah, I see that a lot. And like, uh, but then by the same token, LinkedIn will play, uh, play devil's advocate as well and be like, congratulate them on their new job. Oh, yeah, they've got oh, one year's in this business. But also yesterday it said they were in that business. <laughs> yeah. And suddenly it's all over the place. Or But I think, I, and I think a lot of it is, has got a lot to do with the internet, to be fair. Mm. I think because people are seeing more opportunities and even if it is just as simple as somebody having a day job and then being a member of one of these pyramid schemes <laughs> um, but I, people I am actually selling some vitamins Wayne so if you need to uh, up your health or do if I no, buy some from you does that mean I have to start selling them as well yes <laughs> and then I get to sit on my ass and you just keep selling and on I, your behalf and yes, you make please. all that money yes please Mother? it's my calling <laughs> Oh yeah! Anyway. Cat claws are out. Yeah, <laughs> we have an episode on that. If you want to check that yeah, out, yeah, that's quite an old one. Maybe we should uh, throw back Thursday that one. I'll throw all the way back to that. Mm, I think so. Anyway, yes. So the other thing um, I think we need to consider as well is that these multi potentialites. I think what you need to kind of figure out is: Are you chopping and changing because you're afraid of being a little bit shit at the beginning? <laughs> Okay. And it's on elaborate. The, and on that sort of elaboration is this sort of idea that I think Seth Godin talks a lot about is this idea of the dip. And I think a lot of the time we try new things because it seems exciting, but we probably and I'm probably guilty of this a lot of the time where you just you go into it, you're really excited, you learn everything, you do a bit of it, and then you shit. Mm. <laughs> and then because of that, you think yeah this ain't the thing for me and so you jump and try something else Mm -hmm. and I think there is definitely a fine balance of knowing have you done enough and are you going for it Mm -hmm. while you're going for it or are you half arsing it 
which is then you get the feedback that you're not good at it and then you give up. And I think mm-hmm. I think that's really important for the multi-potentialites to, <laughs> to think yeah. about because... But I think also the specialists as well. Mm. Would you say I'm in the dip right now, Jim? Be honest. In the dip? Mm-hmm. In some ways, you could say potentially, because I think whenever you feel that some... It's like that, you call it resistance as well. It's like when you feel that it's not really progressing, but you still say you're doing it. I think in anything you do, if you're not really like going for it like to the max, mm-hmm. which I think is hard to do as well all the time, but you know, if, at least if you're going 80 or 90% in it, yeah, yeah. that's better. So I think naturally, if you feel that you're not putting enough, and the fact that you're asking me that question probably well, means you are. Um, well, yeah, well, that's <laughs> what I mean. But because of like, what I mean is like, because I was 100%, like 100 mile an hour, like at the final years of uni, mm. and I was like 100 miles an hour for like a year or two afterwards, but then I kind of drifted off course. Mm. And then because things hadn't moved in the progression that I moved in, I've tried, kind of tried to compensate for that with other things. And that's where I've become a little bit more renaissance over time because doing what I was doing before hasn't necessarily worked. So then I've tried to find new avenues in which to execute. And so I don't know if maybe necessarily the dip is the right thing to say, no, but you know maybe what? I've just diversified myself to compensate for other Look, things. Your renaissance was practicality, number one. Because okay. unless you had that, you could not even pursue your acting. So I think okay. in that yeah, sense, fair. you had to be a renaissance so that it was practical for you to continue pursuing acting. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side of that, I just think is like, you are still going for it. I think you're kind of, it's one of those things, once you've got the foundation, then you can kind of work on the thing you okay. want to do. So I don't think it's That's like a... a slightly fall, more positive way. Yeah, I don't think it's a fall away from what you're doing. I okay. think it's, like you say, a bit of a detour. Uh-huh. But it's a practical detour because I think if you were going 100 percent in your acting after you left university, number one, you probably wouldn't be in London any longer. That's true. You'd probably be back in Birmingham, That's and true. you probably wouldn't. Yeah, you would not be in this situation okay. right now, and you'd probably be like a lot of the other people we know who were true. actors who weren't practical. They were too wishful, and uh-huh. and on the other side of that. I think your positive reinforcement, which I think is what gives you the energy, talent plus energy, energy often comes from reinforcement. And I think because you don't have any external reinforcements, you don't have a degree, you don't have a consistent, mm-hmm. I don't know, director patting you on the back or a producer patting you on the back. We've, I mean, you've got into certain awards for short films and stuff like that, which are a little pat on the back. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of the time, like I say, with, the, with even the multi-potentialites, if we don't get the pat on the backs often... The energy dips, and that's the. And that's re- when they move on to something. And else. that's when they move on to something else. Oh, okay. And so it is kind of like psychology of you sometimes need a little pat on the back, but mm-hmm. yeah, you're going in the right direction. I think that's the importance of mm-hmm. mentors do that for you. Right. If you've got a good, I mean, certain teachers or uh, lecturers at uni, when they gave me a pat on the back about my script writing, which I'm, it's the same thing. It's like that person says, "Oh, you're really good at this," mm-hmm. and so you keep writing because you don't, you're you right. haven't got that sort of rhythm yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do think it's it's something to do that as well. And okay. I do think we do need those sort of positive reinforcements mm-hmm. to get us through the dips because sometimes we're just like, this isn't practical. I need money and I need <laughs> right. this and I need that. So. Yeah. I suppose it's about that balance, isn't it, as well? Mm-hmm. As we always say, it's always about balance. Um, okay. I just thought I, I wanted to ask, because when you mentioned the dip, I was listening to what you were saying. I was like, some of that rings a little bit too true to me. Yeah. And I just wondered whether... 
the dip's caused by multiple things and sometimes like yeah that dip could be a financial dip because it mm-hmm. doesn't make sense at the moment it could be an emotional dip it could be like i say practicality like you've got mm-hmm. rent to pay so well that's true <laughs> that is true a, yeah. lot, a lot of the decisions i made yeah. in the first few years moved to london was more about rent yeah. it was about whether or not i was pursuing my acting career to exactly so i think like <laughs> you're in that mode where you've got to cover your basics mm-hmm. and stuff like that it is harder to be fully especially like look at the career choices like i'm sure if you were saying jim i really want to be an accountant i'd be like well that's pretty fucking easy there's a set route but yeah that's true that's true thanks for that man there you go a live pep talk thanks um okay so uh we're coming close to the end but um i think more than anything this episode is made aimed at the multi-potentialites slash renaissance people yeah more than anything else so what would you like to say to them, Jim? What would you like to say? Pep talk them. To pep talk, I pep talk myself in some ways as well. And I think it's just to understand that it's okay not to really know what you're doing. I think there's a lot of people out there that feel like shit on the basis that everybody's looking at them like you're dossing about or you're maybe unfocused or you're floundering. Mm-hmm. And I think usually, especially at this sort of age, that floundering is just kind of figuring out who the hell you are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which true. happens. True. So... You, I mean, when you're younger, you kind of get into things on the basis that you think that's who you are and that's your personality and that's what you're excited about and suddenly you're committed to it because, like mm-hmm. they say, you, you sit for a shitty film because you invested some money in the in the film rather than leaving an hour early, you'll yeah. sit through it. And I think a lot of people, especially when you're young, you feel that you should commit to things that you've already started doing even though they feel wrong. Mm. And so that's a lot of pressure on people. And then when you do decide, actually, yeah, I don't want to sit through this film any longer, I'm going to leave, then you're in that zone of now what? And you try and loads of other things and people say, well, actually, you should have just sat through the film now because then you would have seen the end and then you would have got the reward from the end. And uh-huh. that's a massive issue in itself. And so I think this episode really is just to if you are that person that doesn't know like to be honest if you're in your 20s Gary Vee says it all the time man you've got time mm-hmm. like try loads of things I don't feel like I've got time <laughs> I don't feel like yeah, it, not as quick as this year's gone it's alright so. we're, we're living longer they say we've <laughs> got a lot more time so <laughs> I think it is that idea just be comfortable just to try things out and I even say like this year I've done so many different things things that I didn't think I would do but you learn from them and it's always a mm. constant growth and I think it'd be in some ways, like I, I like that your North Star is so far in the distance, which gives you something to always aim for. Yeah. And in the same sense with me, it's kind of like I like the not knowing of what's going to happen and I know it forces me to keep learning. Mm. But it is that idea of practicality because, yeah, you might not know what you're doing and you don't know what's going to happen, but, yeah, you still got to pay bills or mortgage or mm. whatever else. So it's kind of understanding that you're willing to kind of switch things up and that's okay, but mm-hmm. at the same time not doing it in a stupid way that you kind of are risking everything else. So, yeah, yeah ultimately, I just tell myself I don't care anymore. Like, it's just, if this is what interests me for a little while, well, go for it, we'll see what mm-hmm. happens. And maybe, like Steve Jobs says, you might look back and say, well, that was perfect that I learned script writing at this point. It was perfect that mm-hmm. I started this food business and done the podcast and done all these different things. It will look perfect on the way back. So, fuck it, that's life. I just miss out the the bits that didn't go so well yeah exactly we blank those out anyway our brains already do that for start us start writing that biography now yeah exactly just do the highlight reel and yeah. <laughs> plus you're only going to look back and say oh should just try that at that time and went yeah. this way or gave that little thing a go and mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah I think that's it really okay good well we'll wrap up there so you multi-potentialites don't worry You'll be all right. And I know everybody's saying that you need to find your calling and know what your passion is, but fuck it, you might not know yet. And 
just wait a little while longer and just try new things. Boom. Mic drop. Except you can't because it's on a stand. The stand. stand. I, I just walk away from it. <laughs> Um, so thanks very much for tuning in guys Uh, if you're watching on Facebook live thanks for tuning in as well and if you haven't liked the Facebook page yet give that a like because we're still testing this whole Facebook live thing out so we're going to be putting a few more videos out there as well so make sure you don't miss and if we are running past you maybe we should just like flap our hands around because you know on Facebook they don't actually play the sound until but this is right at the end so we should have done that beginning like play us now like hit play I'll let you do that next time okay I'll do it next time next video watch out for that just you watch out for Jim waving his arms about looking like a dick (laughs) 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 and then press play (laughs) So, so thanks very much guys for tuning in and we'll catch you next time